every time I've hit a big roadblock, when I simply surrender to the cycle and the faith of the cycles of astrology, things turn around. So one of the things I live by, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey guys, it's Stefania and Catherine, and you are listening to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. We're talking to Cassandra Joan Butler, who is a gifted astrologer and psychic medium. She's been in practice for over 30 years. And today's conversation focuses primarily on astrology and what the cosmos can tell us about what's going on right now and what to expect. She also has a couple of important messages that come through via her medium abilities. We know Cassandra because she's been working with my family for years, both through her work in astrology and through her mediumship, where she's helped us connect in really profound ways with loved ones who are on the other side. It's interesting because my family are super traditional Catholic, and you might not expect them to work in astrology and with some of these modalities, but they've had such meaningful insight and connection in working with Cassandra that they've continued to work with her for years. And now I work with her as my astrologer. Yeah. I'm so glad that I got to meet her in person because I've heard so much about her from you telling me about your sessions and how powerful they've been. What is one thing that you got from them? One of the things that Cassandra's taught me that is applicable to the conversation we're having today and that anyone can learn from is the importance of the eclipse cycles both the solar and lunar eclipses. So eclipse cycles often usher in or out new beginnings, changes, or endings in our lives. And you can find lots of information on the cycles and past cycles online, but would suspect that if you look at the cycles, you will usually be able to align dates with changes that were happening. And so it's almost kind of a foreshadowing what begins to happen at the beginning of a eclipse cycle will come through to completion by the end in many cases. And they can happen over months or sometimes longer and over years. And they're even more powerful when they're happening in your sun or rising sign. So in today's conversation, she talks about how the eclipse cycles relate to what's going on in the world today. 
Yeah, I love that part. It's it's really fascinating. And she even breaks it down by sign too. So you can understand how your sign relates to what's happening right now, but then also what your sign can tell you about how you're going to be transforming and healing this year. And mine were spot on. So let's get into the conversation with Cassandra. In this conversation, we're talking to Cassandra about how the current planetary lineups happening in astrology now can help us understand what's going on with this pandemic and what past events in history have had similar lineups. This one really floored us. And a hint, it was in 2001 when we last saw something similar. We talk about how we can look to the solar and lunar cycles. Remember what I said about the eclipses to understand when what's happening right now will begin to come to a completion. She's got some specific dates for us on when society might be returning to a new normal and how long this might be going on for. We also talk about what your specific sun sign can tell you about the opportunities for both healing and transformation that are coming up during this pandemic. And ours were spot on. I love this part. She talks about the natal chart of the U.S. and what it means in this pandemic. This conversation is illuminating and fascinating, and we can't wait for you to hear it. Let's get into it. Cassandra, what the hell is going on right now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so much, so much. I, I think that we are all privileged to be living under what the... Chinese sages call a time of crisis, right? And we can turn that around into an ap- an opportunity. And at the beginning of uh, 2020, I was just doing all these different workshops and, and I was dubbing it the year of transformation. But even this lowly astrologer could not predict what exactly would be turning into. So what I mean by that, there was this huge lineup of planets in January in the sign of social structure in Capricorn, which only happens every 500 years. So astrologers were like, really, well, what does this mean? Please understand that the planets don't do anything. We're not like puppets on a string. It's more of a holistic reflection of what's happening here on the planet, but the planet that represents boundaries and social structure, banks, governments, big corporations, or Saturn was right next to Pluto, which represents the planet of death and rebirth. And that only happens in Capricorn once every 500 years. So that was foreshadowing that something is up with the social structure that we're all a part of. So it wasn't clearly saying a worldwide pandemic, but that something was going to unite the world so that we can restructure it on some level. So one thing, and maybe we can go into the sun signs in a little bit, but one thing that has been fascinating to me in our work together is when we're able to look at what's happening astrologically and compare it to something that has happened in the past. With everything going on in the world right now, is there something in the past that we can look to? Like, have we ever seen something like this before? 
Great question. As soon as we got the, um, I think it was in February, February 23rd, that seems like ancient history as we're speaking right now. But I remember I dove into the research of pandemics and I compared H1N1 of 2008 and the Hong Kong flu, the Asian flu of 1956 and 68. Uh, the Spanish flu of 1917. And what I discovered astrologically, that all those different pandemics, and to be deemed a pandemic is a special thing, right? You have to have certain criteria according to the World Health Organization. It's not an epidemic. So all those pandemics were very unique, and they did have one thing in common, which was a very strong Neptune aspect, Neptune. All right, so what does Neptune mean? Neptune represents the planet or the idea of things we can't see, touch, or feel, i.e. a virus. And Neptune represents emotions we can't see, touch, or feel, like fear and anxiety and so forth. So those past previous pandemics had strong Neptune. What's different about this one is it has some Neptune signature, but it has all that Capricorn lineup in it as well, which represents that this is every bit as frightening as before, but it's being handled very differently. I mean, in all reality, we're very fortunate, I think I'm not out of line to say that we probably won't even come close to the number of deaths in 1917 worldwide, but it's a different time and place, right? We are living in the age of social media. So the way this one was taking off and handled was through the constant bombardment of information worldwide. It's very different. That wasn't around even in 2008. You know, we didn't have the social infrastructure of social media that we have even, you know, 12 short years from that time. So the way this is being handled is very different. And as frightening as it is, I think it gives us a unique opportunity to do something else with another planet, which is called healing our wounds. And I'd love to talk about what our healing is all about individually. Along with that note, it would be great to go into what, from an astrological perspective, what might come next. You mentioned the healing, but yeah, if you could go into that a bit more. Sure, sure. Well, let's first kind of give a timetable. Maybe that might be a good idea to talk about what the astrology of timetable is. Again, back in February, one of the descriptions I saw from the planets that by the full moon of March 10th, we would most likely be deemed a pandemic. And the reason I thought that, and it was that date, is because Neptune was involved on the 10th of March during a full moon. Now, full moons represent being able to see in the dark. So we have more clarity. We had more clarity back then. But if you recall, it was around that time when that week we had the 
juxtaposition of different shelter in place starting in New York State and so forth. That's when like the dominoes began to fall, so to speak. And I think the uh, government officials became more serious about social distancing and so forth. The next really important date, as we are doing this, probably be around the full moon of April the 7th. Now, April the 7th is a time when emotions and fears and also the element of anger might come to a fever pitch because people have already been sheltering now for about over a month in some places in the country. And at that point, the experts are saying that the numbers might rise. So that might be coincides with what we call Holy Week, the Christian and Jewish Holy Week time, when we may have a lot more anxiety to deal with. And that's where the healing comes in for that week. Because the asteroid planet called Chiron is very, very strong in April. April is the sign of Aries, right? So Chiron is in the sign of Aries. So perhaps around that week, we may have a rush to judgment, perhaps. Again, I'm not an expert, but we may have some new protocol perhaps some new remedies or protocol that comes out to the public to help stem not just social distancing, but some new medicines that might come up between the 7th and the 14th of April, which begins to give people hope. That's my little description because Chiron is called the wounded healer. It's an Aries. It's only there every 50 years. So you can't heal a wound unless it comes to the surface. So our woundedness might be accelerated, but a way to heal that comes through as well. Because I know one of the uh, major considerations, of course, is the general population, but how to protect our healers on the front line, right? Do they have enough equipment and so forth? And so there might be some sort of solution that emerges after the full moon of April the 7th. Wow. How important is it to look at the lunar cycles and even the eclipses? It was really interesting what you emailed about the eclipses in 2001, if you can talk about that a little bit as well. Sure, absolutely. So in astrology, we have the sun, we have the moon, we have all these different planets. But of most important, most import is the moon. Most people don't understand how important the moon represents in astrology. It's our feelings, our sense of security, our emotions. And so we have eclipses. And you know, the eclipses are such an amazing thing anyway. Think about this for a moment. The sun and the moon are exactly the same size from Earth's perspective. Isn't that an amazing fact? Otherwise, we would never have eclipses, right? So an eclipse is either lunar or solar. Either the sun disappears or the moon disappears. So in 2001, 
right during the time of 911, the last emotional, really strong, fearful crisis that hit the U.S., the eclipses were in the sign of cancer. Now, the United States of America is a cancer country. And again, we're talking apples and oranges because this is worldwide, yet I'm equating the eclipses of 2001 with what's happening in the USA, which has the greatest number of cases right now as we speak. Well, in any case, eclipses come around in a cycle. And I, I love the question because everything in astrology, what comes around goes around. So the cycle that took place in 2001 had the same eclipses in the same degree as we just experienced in 2020, a couple of months ago. And so the, the correlation is, so correlation is that the US of A, a cancer country, was being eclipsed. You know, and what is an eclipse? An eclipse is something disappears and we have to have faith to get to the other side. And then the being of light, either the sun or the moon, returns. So it's as if the US of A is being eclipsed. We're on pause. Where's our country? And then it comes back better and more profound than ever before. Just like the fear and the crazy anticipation and anxiety and grief that took place in 911. And you know, as a result of that, we had Homeland Security, a whole new governmental entity arose back then and the terrorist threat and so forth. So you can make an analogy, we are still fighting a war, but it's the most unseen and enemy of all, which is the virus. And back then, if I could be so bold to say this, they were talking about the war terror, but nobody really knew exactly who we were fighting. So there's that element of mystery and not being able mm -hmm. to see what is affecting our security because cancer rules home, security, foundations, food, safety, and family. So there were lockdowns back in 911, not this long, of course. So, knowing all that, what do you think we can expect on the other side of this? And when do you think the other side of this is going to be? Yes. So eclipses are turning points in our charts, turning points for nations. We had a big eclipse in uh, January of 2020 on January 10th. And that was the day when the first casualty of the coronavirus was announced through China. It was the exact day. So eclipses usually spend about six months actively being active. So the next eclipse cycle, when I think we begin to get into our new normal, I talked about wow. April 7th, when things become a little bit more frenzied, but uh, we have two eclipses coming around the bend. One of them is June 5th. And June 5th, I think, is when we tentatively start to go into this new normal when things maybe commerce begins to start june 5th the other thing about june 5th we have a nodal or eclipse change on that day and on june 5th 
the moon disappears, right? But it's an eclipse. But it's very significant because when the eclipses shift, when I did my research with the other pandemics, almost to the month when we had an eclipse shift, the quality of aggressiveness of the virus begins to dissipate. So my description or prediction would be by June 5th, we'll see a drop in cases worldwide. And then the next major eclipse is July 5th. Ooh, that's really close to the U.S.'s birthday, isn't it? <laughs> so by July 5th, mid-July, we may be getting back into our new normal. So that's what I'm saying, fingers crossed. Wow, that's promising a little bit I hope far so. away, but nice to gather fireworks in a big crowd. I oh my god. <laughs> I just can picture everyone running out of their houses, like just celebrating and just like it's I can just see it now. Exactly. I'd love to hear more about how this what we're going through right now relates to each specific sign because I would because I know that you know people probably feel differently depending on what sign they're in and we can just do I know there's a lot more to our charts but maybe just focusing on the sun sign or rising that would be really interesting to look into oh absolutely cat and how I would like to uh, frame this for you would be to look at like you said if you know your rising sign, use that. If you don't, you can use sun sign astrology, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people just just know that, which is fine. Is it better for like in the context of this to do the rising sign or the sun sign? What I like to have people do is maybe use even both. Yeah. Because, and, and that's the pushback against astrology that, oh gosh, I'm an Aries, but there's so many different types of Aries. Uh, you could be an Aries person with a different rising sign. So you can blend both because there is some complexity. Certainly, you know, there, there are online apps. I have an app on my website. There's tons of apps. You can find your rising sign mm -hmm. uh, if you know your time of birth. Yeah. And if you don't, just use your sun sign. Okay. Okay. So I would like to pre present this for you in two ways. Uh, the first one would be what area of life everyone is changing and transforming and what area of life everyone is healing, okay? So to transform, we have to heal something. So for the Aries, we'll start with Aries. Aries folks or Aries rising people have been on their mind transforming what they want to do with their career and what they want to do with their offerings, their gifts and their talents to the outer world. And what they're healing because of the virus and the backdrop of astrology, I should say because of the backdrop, the virus is an opportunity, is they're trying to heal their need to be number one. All right, because remember, Aries is the number one sign. They are very impulsive and, and very childlike and wonderfully entrepreneurial, but sometimes they get frustrated and impatient. So if they can heal their impatience and put their eyes on their career, then they will have you know, a fabulous 
new transformation when we get out of this particular cycle. Again, let's just call it July, fingers crossed. So our Aries friends emerge victorious, perhaps with some new exciting ideas and inspiration for their career in July. Then we have our Taurus friends. Taurus is really trying to heal their relationship with their own spirituality. They're trying to heal, is there a God? Who is God? Where is God? (laughs) You know, all those great questions. And maybe just sit with their own spiritual tools, whether that be in going into retreat or meditation. So they're trying to heal their natural skepticism. And I'm all for skepticism, of course, even with astrology. I I wouldn't do this unless it works. But that's what they're trying to heal, those beautiful Taurus people. And Taurus, of course, is the sign of beauty and productivity and also money, right? So Taurus is trying to heal perhaps their fears we all are, associated with income. But Taurus is transforming their ideas, their philosophies, and their political beliefs. They're learning how to speak their own truth through the entire year. All right, so, and then we have our Gemini friends. Gemini is healing their relationship with friends. You know, they're trying to heal fair-weather friends or friends who are just there when they need something. And and Gemini is a very charming sign. Gemini loves to speak and talk and communicate and network. So Gemini is trying to heal that need to be too social. Of course, in this climate, that might give them some anxiety. And then the Geminis are also trying to transform their inner relationship with their spiritual or psychological power. Because the way the Capricorn lineup is in that area of their chart, what I'm reading to you or telling you this astrological story is based on how these planets are moving through a template of 12 houses of life. So I'm not just making this up off the top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) So now cancer, a cancer, we're all living here, US of A. We're we're both cancer rising. Oh, good. All right. This is very pertinent for both of you ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Cancer is trying to heal their fears surrounding their career. That's where the Aries energy is calling. (laughs) Wow. The fear and insecurity about career, and they're trying to transform mm-hmm. their relationship with their significant others, their partners. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that, that would be the transformation point. And the healing point is with career and really wanting to help heal, no kidding, girls, <laughs> the world. Mm-hmm because you've got the healing energy in your career house mm. so, and how to elevate that. So pretty cool. Leo or Leo rising. Leo is trying to heal their propensity of being a know-it-all. I know some Leos. <laughs> yeah, My husband's a Leo. <laughs> yeah. They don't have to know it all. Yeah. <laughs> they, they can be humble. 
They're learning humility mm-hmm. in their in their relationship with ideas. And uh, Leo is trying to transform their health and their work. Okay. So what's the difference between healing and transforming? Healing is like something that's really obvious that you have to attend to and put a bandage on. Transformation is a process. Okay. Our Virgo friends are healing their need to be in control and empower and to surrender to things they can't control. And the Virgo is transforming their play and really saying, this is the year I want to unleash my creative genius Mm -hmm. and my gosh, have fun. Even have fun in my house, my one-room house. (laughs) I'm going to have creative revelations. That's for our Virgos. And not work so hard. You know, Virgo is a sign of working. Libra. Libra is really healing old hurts relative to old relationships. You know, I know some Libra or Libra rising people that I've been in contact with the past couple of weeks. And they're still talking about, you know, that guy they broke up with 30 years ago. I go, let it go. Heal it. Because the wounds come up when you least expect And then Libra is trying to transform their home, maybe moving or redecorating, or in this case, you know, just looking at their their house or home and getting rid of clutter. Who knows? Our Scorpio friends, they're trying to heal their health. Scorpio has this Chiron energy in their health house. So those Scorpio friends have to really take pain to be more disciplined with doing all the right things, right? If you know any Scorpios, Mm -hmm. they have to dig in their heels and do the exercise and do the good nutrition. Anyone know any Scorpios? Cats. Yeah, I'm a Scorpio son and then the cancer rising. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the, the healing makes sense too with everything you've been doing, especially with, I don't know if you want to keep this, but you've talked about it, like the PCOS stuff and all of that, that you're like trying to heal. Yeah. Like I've been trying to heal my, just regulate my hormones. I've significantly cut back on alcohol and just focusing on my health. So it makes a lot of sense. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I'm a Scorpio too. And I actually, you know, true transparency. I'm sitting here with you right now and I have my foot up because I had a healing surgery a couple of weeks ago on a bunion. (laughs) So I'm doing some active healing myself right now. (laughs) Yeah. It's good to know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I'm quarantined Mm -hmm. by by default here. Yeah. So Scorpio uh, sun or rising sign is also transforming their communication skills. Mm. So if they want to do writing or podcasting or whatever they want to do, they're on that short list of 2020 of trying to elevate the way they speak and how to turn down the negative self-talk. Because Scorpio, you know, Scorpio is a great sign. I'm one, but they can be very self-judgmental. So that's what you're trying to transform as I am. Mm-hmm. Can relate to that one. <laughs> okay. Now, Sagittarius, Sagittarius rising or Sagittarius, number one, they're healing their 
Oh, this is really interesting. So I'm going to apply this to the United States of America. We are a Sagittarius country. Get this one. Sagittarius's are trying to heal their sense of fun and enjoyment. Oh my goodness. We are not having fun, friends. <laughs> oh, Broadway is shut down. We can't go to restaurants. So the healing wound for Sagittarius is prioritizing what gives them joy, not being scattered, an absentee consumer that just chooses everything willy-nilly. So that's what the Saggies are healing and what they're transforming is their money. So this country, United States of America, is transforming its income. Well, aren't we really, right? So that's a long-term year-long situation, transformation of finances. Then we have our Capricorn friends, Capricorn rising. Uh, they are healing old rifts within the home and family, and they're taking pain to forgive and forget old grudges with family. That's the wound. And the Capricorns are transforming themselves inside and out becoming stronger, and stepping into their own authority. We have two more signs. Aquarius. <laughs> yep. Yes, yes, Aquarius. Healing one's communication and self-talk, and in healing any fears about not speaking your own personal truth. Saying to yourself, I know what I know, I'm going to step behind that knowledge and communicate what I need to do. So healing any insecurities about one's own thoughts and transforming one's spirituality from the inside out, making time to practice, again, meditation, yoga, whatever you choose as your gifts of spiritual practice. And then last but not least, our beautiful Pisces friends, they are healing their insecurity about their self-worth and healing their relationship with money and transforming their friendships. So I know a lot of Pisces people who are saying, just saying no to some friends who are taking advantage of their compassion and standing their ground with more authentic relationships. So as you see, as you see the, the, the virus coincides with this transformational astrological signature, which is all asking us to become more authentic and stepping into our own personal authority like never before mm. in so many ways. And how does the healing part, how long does the healing part typically take? Mm -hmm. Is that quick? Because you mentioned that was quicker than the transformation yeah, I think the healing part, which I mentioned, is um, more concentrated during a couple times of the year. It's concentrated right mm -hmm. now because the sun is in Aries. And the results of your active conscious healing will show up ideally in about six months from now. So there's more of a balance when we're in the sign of Libra. So it's like, Everything in astrology is in pairs, right? So we have Aries, which is me, myself, and I. And then Libra is we, 
we and more we mm-hmm. is the relationship energy. Quick question on, you mentioned that the United States is a cancer country and is a Sagittarius country. How does that work? Great question. Yay. Uh, I love saying this because it's historically true. And especially for people who are new to astrology, astrology is not a young science. It's been around three 3,000 years or so. And it's always been a part of what we call the wisdom traditions. So you might remember from fourth grade history, we had forefathers sitting in a room on July 4th, 1776 in Philadelphia. But those forefathers, I think, except of just a couple handful, were all Masons or Freemasons, right? So what the heck is a Freemason? Well, a Freemason is someone who's a card-carrying astrologer. All Freemasons have to know astrology because it's the wisdom of the great architect, the creator God, all right? So there's a lot of historical evidence that absolutely states that one of the um, astrologers in London, his name was Ebenezer Sibley, helped cast the astrology chart for this new nation. And they actually created the nation at 5.10 p.m. on July 4th because the nation, therefore, would have three distinct pillars in its chart. It would have a warm and fuzzy, kind, caring, and compassionate Cancer Sun, a wild and wacky Aquarius Moon that's innovative, entrepreneurial, and loves humanity, and a very bombastic, know-it-all, freedom-loving Sagittarius Rising. And I think they knew what they were doing. I mean, we are a diverse country. We don't always agree. And that's the... (laughs) And that's also the fallout, I think, of the virus. I mean, when you have people like, I'm not sure what today is happening right yeah, now, yeah. but you know, the governor of New York and the president of the country swapping appreciation words, you know something's happening. I mean, you know, so we've been very divided since another astrological event that took place. We all remember this. August of 2017, when literally we had a solar eclipse that cut across the United States of America, first time in this century, and only the third time in over 100 years, but it cut the country in two. That was in 17, right after the election. And if you remember the climate back then, we couldn't even talk over the fence to our neighbor, they did not vote for our candidate. Mm -hmm. And so things are different. The structure is different. As some of the uh, fearless leaders are saying, we're all in this together and we really are. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a political thing. I mean, on that note, do you feel like astrologically and from your standpoint that this is a necessary event? And what kind of world do we think that we can see on the other side, based on the lens that you're looking at it through. Okay. I know that if you look at a breakdown to be rebuilt with the meanings of these two important planets, Saturn structure and Pluto death and rebirth, I think that something had to give on this planet 
in order for us to maybe come together. You know, they say that if you want to bring cohesion to a community, you have to have a common enemy. So I much prefer having a virus to fight than, say, a tribe in Africa or China. And see what I'm saying? I'd rather fight a non-living bug than a people. Yeah. So it's almost as if there's more cooperation on a spiritual level because of this common fight that we are as humans fighting right now. One thing I remember just on that same point before we move off, one thing that I remember when you and I did a reading together, Cassandra, when I did a reading with you in December at the end of the year, I think you talked to me about how the collective consciousness is shifting in these coming years from, I don't know, I think you talked about it in the context of like from that like more guru follow the leader consciousness to power in the individual consciousness. And you let me know if I remember that correctly, but how do you see that playing out with this? Yes. Excellent. Because Capricorn, again, represents power structures, you know, government, the Vatican, pick whatever you want, uh, corporations, hierarchical structures that are out there that has dominance over me. That's what's crumbling. And what's happening instead is Saturn, which is the structure planet, by the way, just moved over about a week and a half ago into the sign of Aquarius, which is humanity, power to the people. So you're exactly correct that the collective unconsciousness is changing so that we are becoming more of our own independent agencies. And, you know, in some ways, there is a test of resolve, thanks to the virus, that, you know, even if we're not in arm's way, even if ind as individuals we're not in arm's way, we are all being solely tested because we're picking up everyone else's consciousness out there, the fear and the anxiety and the worry, because we're all connected. So what Saturn and Aquarius is saying that we, the people of the planet, have to take responsibility for our individual selves. I mean, yeah, it's nice to be in a country where you get a stimulus check. Okay, I guess many of us are going to be receiving a stimulus check. But ultimately, we're responsible for our own survival and not throwing away our authority to someone that we have to abide by. I mean, that's serfdom, you know? So we're getting away from that and uh, becoming a little bit more independent in our own personal choices in consciousness over the next couple of years. I just had a thought going back to our individual signs and the collective consciousness. What is something from your perspective, maybe one thing that we can do to really hone in on that healing process right now and that transformation. Do you have a recommendation for that? Sure. You know, because we're all fighting something that's unseen and that from what I understand, the scientists say that viruses are not really real, 
living things. They need a they need a host. They're by parasites. They're a bunch of DNA and lipids and um, protein. Right, that's what they are. So you like to fight a like with like. I have some homeopathic background, right? So you fight like with like. So Neptune represents the virus, what you can't see, touch, or feel. But Neptune also represents the concept of belief and faith. So I know it sounds hokey, but I think that when people come together, it may may sound hokey, I don't think it sounds hokey, but when people come together, it could be two or more, just pray or send out meditative, healing, calming thoughts. I do believe that disrupts the anxiety, the fear, the grief, the anger, and the worry off the matrix. I I just cited the five major negative emotions that are healed by traditional Chinese medicine. So using Neptune to fight Neptune is the answer. Neptune represents faith, the god of your understanding, and the ability to tap into the unseen worlds. I mean, sit there, you know, before you wake up and picture yourself having your hands around the globe and removing the nasty virus. It's certainly not going to hurt, but we can do that. And that empowers each of us to send out prayers for the earth. And of course, you can throw yourself in the mix too. But mm-hmm. Don't forget the planet. So. <laughs> Yeah, I love that because I I feel like, and I was talking to Stefani about this the other day, I feel like I've been so much more exhausted than I have been previously. And I feel like it's just picking up all of that energy and consuming all of this media. And it's just, there's so much negativity out there and it's just completely draining me. So it makes so much sense because we're all connected and we're all going through this. So it's really helpful to just hear like about things that we can do to heal each other, but then heal the earth as well. Exactly, Catherine. You know, I, um, well, just today, if anyone is on Facebook, I, I'm, going, I'm going, going to start a series of, uh, I call them mid-morning meditations for people. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a real early riser, especially now. Because like you, I've been sleeping so much. I, I'm picking up all this energy. But so it's, you know, obviously it's free. People can stop by my page and we just meditate together for like yeah. 20 minutes to half an hour with the sole intention of connecting in a positive vein. And um, we can all do that. We can have little meditation groups virtually or in our families, with our homes. Mm-hmm. Again, It empowers our immunity because basically, we all know this, stress kills. We're more vulnerable to a virus or anything else if our own immunity is weakened. Mm -hmm. And thoughts matter. That's been scientifically proven. Thoughts matter and can help us. And when in doubt, pray and meditate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So, Cassandra, you're also a very gifted psychic medium. And I wonder if using your gifts there, you could show us or share with us anything that's coming through. I'm open to all questions, my friends. So okay. when I do the um, 
more, I call it the psychic mediumship work, I always have to say a little prayer. There I go with the praying again. <laughs> so I'm going to do a little prayer and, and just open up to spirit. So dear God, please allow my words to be filled with love and light, truth, inspiration, and healing for the highest and best as I lie myself and each other with the holiest of spirits. Amen. All right. So the first, this is a really interesting image I'm getting is, um, this is more of a kind of a global image I'm receiving and it's of a very evil or negative encapsulated type of spider uh, around the globe, so to speak. I think that represents the idea of consuming the matrix. If you can picture the globe having literally surrounded by different lines, like we know longitude and latitudes lines, and it's almost like this spider is, is plucking a web around globe. And the spider itself is consuming and is being fed by fear and anxiety and chaos, all right? So that through our thoughts, we can ping this, again, remember a, a virus is a parasite. We can ping, ping, and remove this uh, parasitic quality off the planet by having this sense of faith, if not in a so-called God, but in, in each other. I think that's what the message I want to give to people by trusting our neighbors, by trusting to the best of our abilities, even our leaders, even if you didn't trust them before, trusting in the good and the cooperative nature of each other, that we're really, truly vulnerable to each other. And in that vulnerability, I'm mean, now I'm getting the image of, you know, in the animal kingdom, a dog uh, will sometimes give its neck out to another animal that's attacking it. That in our vulnerabilities, we can learn to trust each other. That might be the lesson of what we're going through, that the rhetoric and um, the anger and the name calling is part of that that web of control. And with each of us believing that and maybe finding one person that we need to make repair with would be a very, very positive thing between our lives now to the next life when we get out of this thing, the new normal. It's almost like we want to come clean. We want to confess to the people we want to... Um, make amends with the best of our abilities and move forward because this is the year of transformation and to relieve ourselves of the anxiety and uh, all those negative emotions we may have to take steps concrete steps for our own healing by forgiving others that's the image i'm getting ladies for you Great. and uh for others that's very powerful Yes, I'm also getting an image also of the eternity symbol of the the eight. All right. You know, that the 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 eight on its side. Oh yeah, infinity. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's a very strong image I'm getting for everybody too. That connection that we've been through this before in some ways too. But now this is an opportunity for us to individually rise above our own 
again, those magic words, fear, anxiety, worry, anger, and grief, and be with ourselves. I think this, even if we're in a, in a home with, you know, I don't know, a lot of people hold up. I have noticed in my own little family, we are in our individual rooms doing individual things. It's almost as if we're all in a state of reflection. And life seems to be, if we are indeed quarantined or sheltering in place, life just seems quieter and slower. And another message is when we tap into that matrix, remember, we love the media. It has its place. But the media is designed as a consumer product. And fear, (laughs) worry, anxiety, and anger sells. So we always ask all of our guests, because this is This Life Explains It All podcast, what life experience or experience in your life has been your greatest teacher? Ooh, do you have another hour? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. My greatest teacher. I guess this is an event that has happened time and time again. Just when, let's see, let me let me do the originating event though. I think every time I've been at the end of my rope, and I certainly have been, you know, I've gone through all the major stresses, right? I mentioned divorce, parents died, serious, personal serious illness, serious illness with my, my children, on and on it goes. I've lost jobs, difficulty financially. Every time I've hit a big roadblock, when I simply surrender to the cycle and the um, faith of the cycles of astrology, things turn around. So one of the things I live by, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. That's beautiful and reminds me of being in the moment. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'm glad you mentioned the moment guy. I posted something from Eckhart Tolle on my Facebook page the other day, and he was talking about, he was actually quoting Matthew in the New Testament, which is something new for him, I guess. But he said it was a great story that the wise builder and the not wise builder, that no matter what, if you build a foundation, the rains and the floods will come, but what is most important will remain and will keep on standing mm-hmm. even through the worst weather. Mm-hmm. And, and you might say we have bad weather right now astrologically, but this will pass. I love it. Cassandra, thank you so much. We will be sure to include in the show notes for this episode, the links, if you'd like to schedule an appointment with Cassandra and work with her, we'll link to some of the other free resources that she has. Cassandra, do you want to share anything else about how to work with you or anything else about that? Thank you, my dear. Well, it's just that it's my passion to you know, show people their natal chart and where this weather is falling. And I love helping people because I've had a lot of those dark moments. (laughs) So I like to show people that moments come and go. So thank you so much for the opportunity. I've really, this has been fun. 
This was fun. We'll have to have you back again. Yeah. Thank you, Cassandra. That was amazing. And I've learned so much about astrology and about myself. And it was great to meet you after I've heard so much about you too. Thank you, Kat. And thank you, Stefani. Mm -hmm. You guys are beautiful. Thank you for your good work in the world. (laughs) Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.